Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Berkman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you'll remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, Houston Texans lost a football game yesterday, falling to the Carolina Panthers, the winless Carolina Panthers. Now that the Texans are below 500 again, now that they're 3-4, and because we were talking about you know, Texans a playoff team, Texans comp- uh, competing for a bad division, bad schedule. Now that the Texans have lost, are you backing down from the Texans' playoff talk after yesterday's loss? I mean, I'm not backing down from I said they were going to be in the hunt, but I didn't say they were going to win it. But I think I'm a little bit more concerned now about how deep into the hunt they're going to be because that was one of those games that I had mentioned and said, look, you can't afford to lose games that the schedule with a soft schedule says you're supposed to win and and then be forced to still do what you're supposed to do the rest of the the, the schedule. They're way better than I thought they were because obviously I said they were only going to win four games at the start of the year. But at the same time, this is what a young team that's trying to get to where they're trying to go has a, has a tendency to do. So I'm not backing off because I think that they've impressed me already, and I still think they're a team on the rise. But I, I just think this is who they really are in terms of for everybody that realistic. There was a lot of people adamant about the, the playoff talk and winning the division. It was more so about schedule and the lack of lack of talent, maybe in over the team other teams in the division. Now Jacksonville is separating themselves to where I think that they're going to be somewhat in the hunt. But this game basically solidifies the fact that they're not going to be a playoff team. It doesn't change what I think at all. I still think that the Texans are very much in the thick of things, and I still think they get a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only a game back, mm-hmm. and they're a game back of some teams that I don't think that highly of. Um, Pittsburgh's four and three. They have the tiebreaker on Pittsburgh. Cleveland's four and three. I think that they have a great defense. I think they struggle to score points. What's Deshaun Watson's situation? Is Deshaun Watson playing better football than PJ Walker? I don't think that highly of Cleveland. Texans play Cleveland too, so another chance to have a tiebreaker. Uh, the New York Jets four and three. I don't think that highly of the New York Jets. Their defense is very, very good, but I think that they have a lot of trouble scoring the football as well as Zach Wilson is their quarterback. And then Cincinnati, I do believe in. I think Cincinnati is going to separate themselves into being a top six team. But that seventh wild card, that final wild card spot, the seventh team that makes the playoff, that's wide open. Like eight wins might be able to do it, but nine wins is, is I think, going to get you that seventh wild card spot. I don't think highly of Pittsburgh. I don't think highly of the Jets. The tight, the Texans are three and four in the mix. They play those two teams. They have the tiebreaker on the Steelers as well. I will say, though, I've given up on the division. I have ruled out the division. The division is done. You can go ahead and hang the banner now. You can plan the parade and. Wimberley Stadium, wherever Jacksonville wants to hold that parade. I do think that the Jaguars have have cemented themselves as the best team in the AFC South. They now are two games clear. They're two and a half games clear of everybody else in the division. Jacksonville champions of the AFC South. Texans would be a playoff team. They need to get the final wild card spot. I agree with what you said in terms of some of the other teams that they are fighting with. But at the same time... I want to be very clear. I don't think this is a slap in the face to the Texans because I think they've already done enough to impress the hell out of me to think that they are ahead of schedule and they have a lot of lot more talent on this roster than they've had in years. 
But I think that the other thing that you have to look at when you look at this team and look at yesterday, and yesterday wasn't like this debacle of abomination of just embarrassment. It was a tight game. They lost a tight game. But I don't think that they're, this is the last tight game that they're going to lose or the last game where they're going to fall short of expectations against a team that on paper they should beat or you, sh- you think they should beat. So I think that what we saw yesterday might happen again. And I think that because of those factors that they're still learning how to win and they're still coming together as a team. It's not a slap in the Texans' face that they're in the hunt and they don't get in, but that's why I think they're not yeah. going to get in. I think it will happen again too, but I think that they still have four times that it can't happen. I think they're in the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record. So that's four more losses that they could you know, rack up. Now, to get to 9-8, and eight, you're going to have to go 6-4 and four the rest of the way. They do play Cincinnati in two weeks, so maybe 6-3 and three if we already chalked that one up for a loss, which I'm fine doing. I will say this, though. It does highlight this Tampa Bay game coming up on Sunday, which Texans are favorites again. I hate saying those words. If, if they lose to Tampa Bay, I will, I will change tune. Because now you're looking at 3-5. and five. You're going to Cincinnati the very next week, so you're staring 3-6 and six right down the barrel. Now you're going to have to do something pretty special down the stretch to get to a 9-8 and eight record. So I don't think you can – I don't think they can overcome a three-game losing streak. Yeah, can you beat Jacksonville again? At home, I think it's on the table, yeah. The, but the difference is Jacksonville's a different team than when you played them the first time, and it was earlier in the season. Yeah, but you beat them by 20 at their there, place. You did, but and you're right. On the road, that does say something. And then, like, do you but, believe in the series history between the two? Does yeah, that factor I, I in? I think there's something to that, too, but I think that they're playing and have a ton more confidence than they did early in the season so that you look at that and say, but it's not only just that game. Now you have to beat Cleveland. Now you have to beat the Jets, and both those teams have really, really good defenses, regardless of what their offenses are, are about. So the fact that it's a combo platter now, and we were t- I was talking about that one more signature win, the big signature win, as opposed to the early season wins we talked about, the Pittsburghs and the, and the, and the Jags. I look at it and I say, it just got increasingly more difficult. Of course, I want them yeah. to do that, and I'm hopeful that they can do it. But that, that, that hiccup yesterday was not what you wanted to see if you were expecting this team to make the playoffs. And if, you're right. If there's one more of those... I think I, I, that's why I was just trying to be realistic. Tampa Bay wouldn't be a signature win. Nope. Arizona wouldn't be a signature nope. win. Do you consider at Jacksonville a signature win? Previously at yeah. Jacksonville at the start of the year, that was the best win that they've had. Would would, would Jacksonville at home in four no weeks question, be a, a signature? So win. that's a signature. Yeah. Okay, so yep. we won't count that one for a second. Yep. Home for Denver. Nope. Not signature at nope. the Jets. Not really. I don't think it's signature uh, at Tennessee. Nope. I don't think it's signature. Home for Cleveland. Not really, okay. Because, because Deshaun, well, I don't, Deshaun plays. Let's let's for the sake of the argument, let's consider that signature. Just for the sake okay. of the argument, home for Tennessee. Nope. No. And then the final game of the season at Indy. No, no. I don't think that's no signature. because because they're missing Richardson and yeah. No. That's that's seven wins. That isn't a signature victory. That that gets you to ten wins without a signature win. Fair point. So I don't think that this is scheduled because I don't think the Texans have a playoff now, roster. But of all those wins that they were supposed to have, not signature right. wins, but wins you're supposed to have, and all those games, are yeah, playing. is there another Carolina in there? Is, you, I, based on what we went to, like we, we went through, if you don't count the signature games as victories, those are all losses. You're allowed one more loss, one more slip up, which now you're erring on the side of danger. Uh, I feel now I lost my train of thought. Forget where I was going to go. Because well, you're going to lose Cincinnati. I think it's yeah. Really I think so. I think it's fair to chalk that one up as a loss. Now everything else that you have, I think, is on the table for a win. You'll be favorites in half of them. You'll be dogs in half of them. But everything's on the table other than at Cincinnati. Honestly, I think the Texans are going to make the playoffs if they go two and zero versus the Jets and the Browns. 
Yeah, that's I think, probably a good call. I think that's just where it's going to be that close at the end. Like, when you look at the teams in front of you, they have all these quarterback questions. Like, it seems like Pickett might not play this weekend, so they're going back to Mitch Trubisky. Like, you don't know what they are. You do, It does appear you're going to get Kyler when you play the yeah. Cardinals now. Like, the Cardinals just said officially that Josh Dobbs is no longer their starting quarterback. Clayton Toon's going to start this weekend if Kyler Murray's not ready to go. So Kyler will be the quarterback when you play the Cardinals in three weeks. Like, if you go 2-0 and against the Jets and the Browns, I think you make the playoffs. If you split that, I think they will not. See, but I still think that they're going to slip up. I think that one of those Tennessee games is vulnerable. Yeah, I think like, that the Indy game's vulnerable. But, like, I think we're talking, like, it's eight losses. Like, that's eight total losses. Like, if they go 2-0, and 1-1 one and one in those games, I think if they go 2-0, and they get to eight losses still. So, like, I think you can lose other games. Like, I, I don't think it's going to take ten wins to get the seventh. I'm not wild sure card they're spot. beating Tampa this weekend, even if it's at home. No, for sure. But like, it, it's that game's going. That game's going to probably. I think Jeremy's right. It's going to dictate the entire hopes of this season. If you lose to Tampa, it, the playoff thing is over. And now you get two losses in a over. row, and you've got a different change in attitude and mood, and now it's it could spiral. It would. It's. I mean, you're looking at three game losing streak. I don't think you can handle a three game losing streak because that puts your record. I mean, you're three and six. You're three and six if you lose three in a row. Now you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. Tampa Bay, I mean, I'm not a big every game must win, must win game, blah, 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 blah. Sunday's pretty close to a must win for the Houston Texans from a playoff point of view. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about Texans and playoffs, I want to be very clear. I don't think the Texans are what you would consider a playoff roster. Like a rookie quarterback, lots of youth. I still think their talent level needs a lot of improvement. I don't think that they have a top 15 roster in the NFL. There's there are hundred percent a I don't want to call it a victim because we're we're talking about a a good thing here but they're like a victim of, a victim of circumstance like they're a victim of their schedule yep. because their schedule is so po- so poor you can see them getting to eight nine ten wins and being in the hunt do I think they're a ten win roster absolutely not no but to your point from the the when we break up the schedule into quarters the fact is that no one expected them to do what they did in the first quarter of the season and so because they did. They're a victim of circumstance. They're a victim of schedule, and they're a victim of their own success. They, they got, they did things that we didn't think they were going to do early on, and they made a statement. So now everybody flipped the script and immediately decided that this team was ready for the playoffs. Yet it's still that same roster that that is good and and getting better and improving, but wasn't supposed to be on this level yet. And then with the expanded playoffs, it made it more realistic to think this is a playoff team. But I think that when you look at the roster, even with what they did and how they you know, made the moves on draft day and, and some of the veterans they brought in, all pluses and positives, and they're going in the right direction. But I think we wanted to press fast forward too quickly. Yeah. Uh, now, I still think they get in the race. I, I think they're going to win some football games. and they I have hope to, you're right. They have to do it Sunday against Tampa. Um, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Are you backing down from Texans playoff talk after yesterday's game? 713-780-3776. All right, C.J. Stroud. What did we think of Stroud yesterday? It's greatest performance. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. There's lots to love from Apple right now at Verizon. Get the new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium and more to love from Apple on us. With select phone trade-in and select unlimited plans, there's no better place to get what you love from Apple than at Verizon. And there's no better time than right now. All that with the network you can really rely on. It's your Verizon. $999.99 device payment or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions apply. One offer per eligible Verizon line. Additional terms apply. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here.
You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brennan. 5970 says Texans will beat the Bengals. We'll oh. see. Cincy's playing pretty good. Game's in Cincy. Could be a weather game, too. It gets cold in Cincy. Uh, but that would be a huge win. It would be a signature win. That Keep- would be a massive win. Especially if they if they had the streak continuing, like if if since he's still hot and they still have you know the winning streak going, even more of a signature win because now you're the team that burst the bubble. Yep. Uh, Key from L.A. What you're saying is the NFL. Every game isn't a signature win, and every game counts in the NFL. Um, There's I just think- some that are more of a statement than others. There's some that are more meaningful because of who you're beating or what the situation of the two teams are. Now, I think most of, like, what you're saying, though, is from perception. Like, it's from a perception of how you're viewed, how people view you, how people like us view your team, or do you stack up with X, Y, and Z in the NFL? But it is, from, like, a tangible point of view, every win matters. I get it. You you win 10 games against last-place teams, you're a playoff team. But we remember the year that the Texans rattled off nine in a row, and it was, like, fluke after, there was a ton of flukes in there, and... You know, everything that could go your way did. And I don't think anybody had you know saw them win nine in a row and go, that's the most dominating or one of the most dominating teams in the NFL. I don't think that that streak put a whole lot of fear in right. other teams' hearts. Yeah, you still won nine, but that streak was like, it's not that it's phony. I mean, it's very real, but it's you didn't really change your idea of who right. the Texans were. They are still a nine and seven ball club that's going to make the playoffs and be out in a game or two. And it's kind of how I feel about the Texans this year. It's a team I feel like the trajectory is going up. Even if they win nine, ten games with this schedule, and next year they have a really tough schedule, I think they're back down to seven or eight. I don't think they're a playoff roster, as you would define a playoff roster, but I do think they're capable of making the playoffs because their schedule's poor. Yeah, even though, but even though their schedule's poor, like it's still the way they've played this year so far, I think it does change the expectations regardless of what happens this year for next year. They're like when you go into free agency with $100 million in cap space with a full arsenal draft capital, even though you don't have your first, but the way CJ played and the way D'Amico is coached, that you look at 2024 as a playoff team. I view them that way. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what they're going to do yet Schedule in the matters. offseason. But, like, the way they've played, they've shown enough for me this so, so far in the season yeah. that next year, my expectation is that they're going to be a playoff team. Now, I would agree with that. Like, not Super Bowl contender, because, like, right yeah, now, right. No, like, no, no, no. You're like, right. Just, like, someone that can make the wild card, that should yeah. be the expectation for this <laughs> franchise, I think, next year. Yeah, not, whether the, yeah you're right, because I'm thinking division. The, the division, and because the, the schedule's going to change, and who you play matters outside yeah. of your division, and all that matters. I, I still think that, you know, because of who Jacksonville has shown to be, that you would have an uphill battle to win the division. But I think that to, to legitimately say they are in the hunt for a playoff spot next year is totally on, on, on par. King of Twitch says Baker Mayfield's in trouble. Anderson's almost going to sack him. Uh, Poncho says X almost. A little fun at Will Anderson's fake numbers. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. 8755, I think Pittsburgh's more of a signature win. I would I would consider mm. that and add Jacksonville signature win. I mean, Pittsburgh's a 4-3 and three team right now. Pittsburgh, you're right. Right now, right. But Kenny Pickett sucks. And their <laughs> offense is really, really... Really, not anything to write home about. He got hurt yesterday. The, bi- too, didn't the he? biggest, most, sh- yeah, he did. The biggest, most shocking thing to me was the fact that with a banged up and makeshift offensive line against those pass rushers, that they didn't get home once. I mean, that was the most. That was impressive. But overall, a signature win. I never looked at the Steelers and thought, well, there's a there's a 
a, a above average playoff team. Yeah, I mean, it's a team you're you're fighting for a wild card, but not an NFL elite. Uh, they are name brand wise, but not roster. Six eight six zero two calls changed the game. One the defensive the defensive holding on third and long uh, when Anderson almost sacked. Bryce Young, that's the one that was the final yep. drive for Car- the second to final drive. They got the ball back, but it was the last drive in the first half, essentially, that made it a 7-6 game. And then he said the P.I. that gave him a first down on the last drive and the ball wasn't catchable. It was a horrible call. And P.I. was questioned. That was a first and five, though. It was because uh, I, re- I remember watching this one this morning. Cause that was on Griffin. It was on. It was a horrible call. It wasn't yeah. catchable. I, that's a that's a that's a play that I wish they would call more. Uncatchable should not be pass interference, and that Agreed. play would qualify. But that was a first and five after Will Anderson lined up in the neutral zone on a play where John Grenard batted the ball. It should have been a second because he batted the ball, and knocked it down. PBU should have been a second and ten. But Will Anderson was lined up in the neutral that's zone, right. and the next play was a first and five. So I'll like it you, was a bad pi, but it was a first and five. I think you, this is the one that you said that they ended up scoring on anyway. But the Shaq Mason. Illegal man downfield, where it negated like a twenty some odd yard big, big chunk play line. that could have put you in scoring position. Regardless, I thought that one at the time really hurt. It was a good call. Um, it was the accurate call. It was the right call. It we did. I mean, you did end up scoring, but I felt the same way when it happened. It's like, oh man, that's going to be something that changes the drive altogether yep. because it, it wiped off a huge chunk play that you know. Uh, fortunately for them, it didn't. It didn't cost them. 713-780-3776, at least not on that drive. Uh, it didn't catch them. I want to make sure it was a first and five on that interference. Because that yeah, was, it was first. It was first and five. Because it, it was first and ten. Bryce, uh, Bryce Young had a pass net, not, uh, knocked down by John Grenard. So it's like, cool, second down and ten. Oh, Will Anderson was lined up in the neutral zone. Now it's first and five. So I agree the Shaq Griffin call was poor, but it was first and five. Yeah. Like, I, Does that drive change on, because it's second and five? I don't. I don't think so. That I. I felt a little bit more annoyed with the offside than I did a bad call on the pi, um, because I much rather have them in a second and ten, like get them in a second and ten situation, still deep in their own territory. Blah 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 blah. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's give C.J. Stroud a golf grade here. We've been doing this for each and every game, including the preseason. We give Stroud a birdie, a par, a bogey, depending on his play. Stroud was sixteen to twenty four. It's interesting they threw it 24 times and ran it 30. He threw 140 yards, no passing touchdowns. People were nitpicking me on the Twitter. You didn't include his quarterback sneak, so one rushing touchdown. Didn't have an interception, got sacked twice. If QBR is your thing, 72.2. If passer rating is your thing, 81.9. What is your golf grade for C.J. Stroud's performance yesterday? How would you assess his play? I, I was teetering, but I'm going to say it's tough for me. Because a bogey would be negative, extremely negative. And I don't think he did anything negatively to affect the game. He wasn't his best. He wasn't in his A game. But he didn't turn it over. He didn't cough it up. He didn't throw it to the other team. So I was I was bordering between par and bogey. <sighs> to me, I think par is for victory. So I'm going to say a bogey. But I'm going to say, you know, he, he fought his tail off and avoided a double-triple but I'm going to say a bogey just because they lost the game. Yeah, he was a, a little bit off for me. Um, you know, 16 and 24, fine. Do I think he was the most important reason why the offense suffered yesterday? No. I think it was more Bobby Slowick, uh, weapons maybe. Uh, running game was kind of meh. You went over 100, but you were very committed to it. Like, you went over 100 yards on the ground, but you ran it 30 times to get there. So that's kind of problematic, I think. Like, it, it, they it felt like Slowick called that game like he had a mediocre quarterback yesterday. Like, C.J. Stroud's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, this top 10-ish quarterbacks in the NFL this season. 
let him ball, let him cook. And you were kind of taking the game out of his hands, I felt. And did he have a couple of pass breakups? Sure, but that's going to happen. Uh, maybe like one near pick, but nothing crazy. Like he wasn't paying, playing poorly. Like let him, let him play. Let him put the ball in his hands. But, you know, you throw for 140 yards, not a great game. You're the quarterback of an offense that had 229 yards, not a great game. You're the quarterback of an offense that scored 13 points. I think Carolina's defense is better than some of us think, but still just outside of the top 10. Stroud produced 13 points, 229 total yards. I have to give him a bogey for the way that he played yesterday. I'm not saying that he played poorly, but you're the quarterback for a team that scored 13 that had less than 230 yards of offense. Felt he was a little bit off. Bobby Slowick caught an awful game, but I have to give C.J. Stroud a bogey for yesterday's performance. I'm with you. It's a, it's a bogey for me as well. I, just, I feel like the offense is not taking the step in the right direction with the way that these defenses are playing them, that they're having a hard time moving the ball effectively. Too many of their drives are stalling out still. It's like stopping them from being, I think, a, a very good offense from where they're at right now. So, yeah, it's a bogey for me as well. Like He just didn't play his best game. No, you know? it's like one of those, if, with the golf analogy, right? He still did enough to have a putt for par at the end of the hole, and, and he missed it, but he avoided, like, massive destruction in the and really self-destruction it's just that you expect more out of a guy at this point in the season based on what you've already seen and what he's been able to do and yes some of that does go on the other players some of that does go on Bobby Slowick but at the same time he missed some throws too he missed the deep ball early he missed a couple of throws that he could have had so I think it's a fair grade do y'all think Nico is falling on that play like to me, oh, that I, I think that wasn't as inaccurate as a throw as it looked because I felt like Nico was stumbling even before the contact with the corner. I think the but but I think that the the foot contact he took his total uh, his eyes he took it completely off the ball at that. No, point. sure, sure, but I feel like he was stumbling before contact. It, I, I I thought you and I talked about it earlier. I thought that it he was complete. He he got out of stride. He didn't have his full stride like he had running the early part of the route. Yeah, but he still had his eyes on the football. And then when their feet touched. And and he got a little bit. He got off kilter. He completely looked away from the football at that point. And then, then I was trying to size it up, going, if he didn't, could he? Have, I think he would have gotten a hand on it. I don't yeah. think he would have made the catch. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been complete, but it looked to me like Nico was stumbling before the the, the foot contact with the corner. Poncho gives Stroud one poop emoji. He gives Domico three poop emojis. Uh, Todd, the show says Stroud's bottom of the barrel in completion percentage. He he has been. He's under he's under sixty before yesterday. I don't know where it went up to yesterday. Yesterday was one of his best completion percentage games. Like it goes to show you that the completion percentage isn't a wonderful stat. Like I want my quarterbacks in the sixties, but. Like, what matters more? Like, you're getting first downs, you're leading uh, successful drives, maybe you complete 55% of your passes, but, you know, half of those passes are for 30 yards or more, they're chunk plays. Like, you can dink and dunk your way to a really good completion percentage. C.J. Stroud did it yesterday. Completed 16 and 24 of his passes, 67 yards, and he had his worst game. He threw for 140 yards. So, sometimes completion percentage can be misleading. I I hate individual numbers in football. I I really do, because... It's the overall product. Some guy can have a great completion percentage but be throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage. Another guy can be 55%, but every single one of his throws are 30 yards downfield. Like, There's so much context to the individual numbers, and we live like in this fantasy football world, and I'm guilty of this. I play fantasy football a ton, where it's like, okay, uh, Stroud, 300 yards, he had a great game. Well, what if he lost? Deshaun Watson led the league in passing was won four games whenever he led the league in passing. So well, maybe your running game too. It, it, it's different scenarios. Maybe your running game is just 
controlling the football all game long. But in the final drive or at a final time in the fourth quarter when you really need to capitalize, you go and you lead your team on the game-winning drive and, and, and you get points. But at the end of the day, you had 175 yards of, of, of offense uh, passing the football. And whether you got the final touchdown on your scorecard or not, you got to win. Yeah, I felt that game needed Stroud to touch the ball one more time. Like, the Texans get off the field on that third and one. Carolina gets their field goal, whatever. But you get C.J. Stroud with a minute and a half uh-huh. to try to win the game. I, I felt like well, that game the drive was started with over six minutes to go where I thought, yeah. well, even if they get a field goal here, he'll have, he'll have his opportunity. It might be in the two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. But they just milked the hell out of the clock. And that first down by Hubbard really killed them. But, yeah, they just – they. Slow played it perfectly. And not to say that he would have went down there and won the game. I just felt from like a viewer point of view, an entertaining finish. Us, the viewer, I feel it was robbed of uh, C.J. Stroud a having field a goal chance with to a counter. chance. Yeah, it yeah. might not have been a touchdown, but a field goal, even if it's a long one, that he could have gotten him in scoring position. 6-17 on that final drive, yeah. to your point. They, they milked all of it. 713-780-3776. How do you grade Stroud's performance? And would you go as far to say that Bryce Young outplayed C.J. Stroud yesterday. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's blank on Branham. Quarterback change in the NFL. Ian Rappaport saying that uh, Clayton Toon expected to start this week instead of uh, Joshua Dobbs. Says Kyler Murray may still play, but next week is more likely as of now. It's kind of interesting they would make that move now. Maybe they just want to get a look at I think they want to get a look at Toon. It's weird, though. Like, one game look, it's kind of odd. But you know what? If you see some things and you realize that the kid's already showing you some things, then you know you got your backup, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could be that. Maybe he's also maybe Jonathan Gannon's just weird and doesn't want to announce Kyler's going to play yet. Maybe Dobbs won't be on the roster by this time tomorrow. Maybe if a team Ooh. wants him bad enough, it's a good, good call. call. Minnesota yeah. would make a lot of sense. Good would call. it though? Like how much? Do, how much better does Josh Dobbs make the Vikings? I mean, versus Jaron Allen, Hall. I, I think Jaron Hall. I, I think Case makes him better because he's been there already. Although it's a di- it's different with a different coach, but I think that from the environment, the city, and stuff like that, and we've heard in different sports and, you know, how that's a major adjustment, too. I think Case could go in with everybody that's on that roster. And I was hearing Case, Colt McCoy. It sounds, I think it's going to be Colt McCoy because I guess, like, he, he's free, too, right? Yeah, he's free. Yeah, he's he, floating out there. Yeah. He was there, still. He was there last week. Does Colt make them a playoff team? No. Does Joshua Dobbs make them a playoff team? Yeah, no. but Jeremy, this is the NFC. Sure, but I don't think they're a playoff team. They're four and four right now, right? But does yeah, yeah, they're four and four. Does Joshua Dobbs get you to eight let wins? Me, let me put it this way. Four more wins. Does, does Dobbs or one of those guys gives you a better chance to be relevant in the playoff race down the stretch than keeping stay, keeping it in house with the guys you have. No, I don't disagree with that. But I feel like you need more. If you if your desire is to be a playoff team, then you probably should be trading for Ryan Tannehill. Like Tannehill is a better option than Dobbs, which, better option which than was also mentioned because I don't think Tannehill plays plays the rest of the season you for can't. Tennessee. Not you after got, what just happened. You, you got to play. It's Le, it's Levis's time. Like you, you got to let him go out there and just play all. Especially the time. if you did what you did last year with Willis. You you and know one play from this weekend play or whatever. Two. A two plays. Play two. He fumbled one. You just have to believe that this is the opportunity for the rest of the season for Levis to show that going forward it's his job. 
No, I think I think ultimately they they give it to him. They're just doing all. The, they're saying the right things. Rabel's a veteran, you know, guy. He's going to take care of his veterans. He's saying the right things, but it's Levis's job right. unless he just tanks, which is likely. I mean, it's possible. He's a rookie quarterback. But with with Tannehill's salary, the Vikings don't really want to take that on even for this year because they can. I, I don't think they want to spend any more money. Yeah, I mean it's a one year deal, right? Tannehill's yeah. free at yeah, the end of the year. The, yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I don't, it's I don't minimal. think that really. I think it's yeah, like, I don't think that factors in. I don't think the cash there factors in. Like if if Tannehill, if they could get Tannehill for the same price they could get Dobbs draft capital, I, they they go with Tannehill. Yeah, you're right. Eight four three seven. I wouldn't say we were robbed of one last chance. He had plenty of chances all game long, just didn't get it done. Fair point. I'm just saying that last game winning opportunity. Uh, eight. No, he's shown you uh, in, in in multiple at the end of a half and at the end of a game that he can lead you on a drive to get you points when you need them. So regardless of what he did leading up to that, he has a history of being able to, to lead your team on a drive when it, you need it most. So that's why it would have been nice to see him get an opportunity again because yep. it can solidify a little bit more the fact that the dude steps up in big moments. Yeah, I just meant from an entertainment point of view. It would have been cool to see Stroud try to counter what Bryce did. 8755, that defense studied Stroud, that linebacker single-handedly disrupted the game. So many block passes. Looked like I was watching Dream in his prime. Todd the show mentioned something similar, said that, defenses are on to him. He's been throwing in the middle of the field too much. It's going to eventually bite him. It's very clear what defenses are doing to Stroud. They're playing in passing situations. They're dropping 7-8 in coverage, and Stroud, because he had 11 sacks in two games, still feels like he has to be quick, still feels he has to be precise. When other teams are dropping 7-8 in coverage, you have the windows are shrinking for you to throw in. And if you still have that urgency to throw... Whenever no one's like rushing you, you're not under pressure at all. It's going to be difficult to move the ball successfully. His internal clock is stuck in the first two yeah, weeks of the season. It is, which yeah. I, I understand, totally. especially for a rookie quarterback. But the the Texans have to counter that. Like the and this is the third team that's done it. We saw it with Atlanta. We saw it with New Orleans. Orleans now we yep. saw it with Carolina. So this is the obvious defense against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. So you have to counter that. You have to have a plan for whenever you're in a third and seven and the other team's dropping seven and eight into coverage, what you're going to do with that. I think Stroud can be a little bit more patient, allow more things to develop. People don't love screens on third and seven. Run a little screen on third down and seven. Get numbers in front of one side of the field, flood one side of the field. So they need a counter. I'm... I'm disappointed that we didn't see the counter this week because you had the entire bye. You had two weeks to get ready for this. You know that defenses are doing this against Stroud. Your last two games, they were doing that. I'm disappointed they didn't have a counter this week. They have some ability on defense. They have some ballers on defense that you know are athletic, that can cover some ground, that can do some things. They've got some good corners. They've got some good linebackers. So you had to understand that they were going to try and take away, if, if it's Belichick or otherwise, you're going to try and take away what they've been doing very successfully. And we know the quick passing game has been very, very successful for them. And even early on, it's not a slap in the face to Stroud because the ball, he was painting balls in between two defenders and putting them right where it was the only place you could complete passes to where it's not a slap in the face on Stroud. It is a, it's more of a, a testament to the fact that as a coordinator, you have got to plan for that yep. and scheme differently. Those windows are tightening. Like he was having to make perfect passes into very tight windows because of the opposing defense. I'm disappointed with Slowick yesterday. Disappointed that he didn't have this game plan. I'm disappointed by the adjustments. I thought it was the poorest game we've seen from Bobby Slowick since week one against Baltimore when he had like a true rookie playing in his first game. Uh, on the other side, Carolina, first uh, game coordinated by Thomas Brown. Uh, Bryce Young, obviously the opposing quarterback. 
I thought Bryce Young played better than C.J. Stroud did, did yesterday. I did, too. And I think more so, too, because they knew that all eyes were on them and there were going to be comparisons made. I think a lot of people were starting to try and close the door a little bit on Bryce Young and didn't realize because you don't watch Carolina week in, week out. But if you watch that game and watched him with the, his ability to feel and throw a ball before a, a, a receiver finishes his route and have the ball where it needed to be, and then also own it up on on the one where he threw it too soon and knew that it was on him because it was a pass that could have been made. He can make the throws. He's a talented quarterback. He just he is under pressure and under fire on every single play. So it you also should give a little bit of a tip of the cap to the way the Texans have been able to adapt with their offensive line problems to keep people off of, of CJ ever since we, the start of week three as opposed to what Bryce Young's going through, where he yeah. is constantly under fire. And every time he gets hit, it just looks like his season's going to be yeah. over. Yep. Like, it didn't matter, like, the veracity, like, the player that got to him. Like, he would just get ragdolled every <laughs> single time he got sacked. His body just looks like it's being thrown all over right. the place. The one it's, where the guy just grabbed him by one, like, shoulder pad of the, or the jersey, yes. just threw him, like, five yards into the backfield. Yeah, like, he just, oh, man, he he's a tough kid. I'll give him that because like he gets hit hard every single time he gets touched. Yeah, I'm not trading Stroud for Bryce. Like I'm not going that far. But Bryce played the better game between these two guys yesterday. In display calling factor, and yes, but you're the head of the snake. Whenever you're the quarterback, it's all part of the you know the the formula. Uh, Young Young was the better quarterback yesterday. Everybody would have bet at the start of the game who would have more knockdown passes, and they would have bet on Bryce Young, yeah. and they'd have been wrong. Now Young did have six sacks, but yes, Stroud had way more. Uh, PBUs, yep. and that's because of how defenses are playing them. Like go, mm-hmm. go watch the defensive tackles when they didn't have the initial rush; they were chilling at the line of scrimmage, trying to time it. Uh, can Stroud fix that a little bit with where he's looking? Yes, a little bit, uh, but you need some. You need to have some patience if you're Stroud as well. Uh, and if you're one of those interior offensive linemen, go continue the block. Just because they take a step back and aren't like actively rushing, run right through them. Continue to block. Try to, like, if, if once they go, like, J.J. Watt used to tell this whenever he would, because uh, he was the best at swatting passes, yep, right? Yep. He said that the, the the best defense against that for an offensive line was to punch them in the abs. Like, right, not, not punch them, but just block, block them, right? right? As soon as they go up, you block, and what are you going to do with your arms when somebody's taking a shot at your abdomen? You're kind of going to turtle up a little bit. So you got to continue to do that. Because defensive line coaches are going to coach that everybody's hands go up, yeah. and they stay there. And if they go up, you see that as a center, boom, bust them. Bust him. Now, speaking of sinners, Juice Scruggs better be back. What oh are the boy. Texans going to do? Because Jared Patterson reportedly has a broken ankle and his season is done. You could tell when guys went down to one knee that that wasn't just – and the replay, at first people were like, oh, his knee didn't get it. No, because his lower leg did. Yeah, they need to – yeah, it didn't look good. Nope. It didn't look good at all. Uh, so his season's done, which is disappointing because he's been really good at a position where you needed somebody to step up and be really good because you lost Quesenberry. Juice Scruggs had a hamstring issue and still hasn't played two months into the NFL season. Juice Scruggs better be back. Like, he had a hamstring strain. What are your other – like, Dieter came into play center. That's not great. That's like, indicative of a guy that has Trey Lance syndrome that was that was drafted to do a job this year already that was expected to be in a position to have an impact that might not be ready to have an impact, which means the trade deadline, as much as we're talking about what they could do and look at weapons that they could bring in, I said it earlier, before the season even started, they should have been trying to, to get a veteran center. Yeah. Now it might be before tomorrow they need to get a veteran center. I don't see them asking for a uh, – I, I don't see them doing it. Like I, I, Depends I see, on the price. I see the logic and like I understand it. I just don't see them being aggressive to do it. And if it's not Juice Scruggs, I guess you're going to have to roll Dieter there. Like, What other well, option yeah, do you have? That's like, it. 
Everybody, like Shaq Mason, really, he hasn't played center in his career. Josh Jones is capable. Like Josh Jones was active yesterday. I think he played seven snaps. Like Maybe you can get him at left guard, but if you get him at left guard, that means you're just bumping fan out for Titus Howard at right tackle. So your backup center right now, your starting center, if Juice Scruggs cannot go, is Michael Dieter. Is the kid from the Steelers hurt? Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Done. He's out, right? He's out for the year. I think he's he had, done. What, what was, was that? It? Was two games ago? Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what the injury or was. or two weeks ago. And that's what that was right before Titus right. came back, right? Yeah, and I can't that was serious on field when he that's went right. down. That's and right. I was like, yeah, that's it. And now this might be semantics here in terms of reporting versus what's true, because uh, it does seem like Jared Patterson's gonna be out for a while. He said, "My ankle's broken?" Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? On an Instagram post today. Kind Interesting. Of like, so it still sounds like he's out for a while, but like maybe to the severity, like huh. of it being broken versus a very bad sprain or something like that, seems to be off. Unless he's just playing coy himself. It looked broken. It looked, sure yeah, did. But like, it has, I saw it reported by some. Yeah, Aaron Wilson reported it was broken, but then Jerry Patterson commented. Aaron Wilson like, also said D'Amico wasn't interested in the Texans job. And he also said Scruggs is a week or two away <laughs> from being ready. You so. will not forget that He one. said that. I know he did. I mean, you are your work. We'll you know? see what I, I just I, I think it's gonna be Dieter. I think it's gonna be Dieter, and that terrifies me. Yeah, it terrifies me too. But I think there's no doubt because of what you saw at the end of the game and how it went from that point on. That Patterson went out. It's Dieter. Five nine seven zero. Bryce is building more and more confidence in each game. He's not Stroud. Stroud just had a bad game. I believe he's better when he's hot. The bye did him no good. I, I look. I'm not. I'm not taking Bryce over Stroud. But Bryce played better than Stroud yesterday. It's, it's fair to call it what it was for one game. Stats and a win said that. He got outplayed. Eight eight six three. They need to get the running game going. If they do, it all falls into place. The defense can't drop seven. Play action opens up. I, I mean, it's kind of catch twenty two there. If you're in third and sevens, that's what they're going to do. Can you get the running game going ahead of third and seven? Yes. You can also pass the ball a little bit more on first and ten. Uh, you, you win games in the trenches. O line dominates. Run game gets going. Play action opens up. It's tough to do that though if your offensive line is not as good. So if you're living in third and sevens, not a great place to be. Now the key there: don't get in third and sevens. What's the best way for the Texans not to be in third and sevens? Probably to stop pounding their head against the wall by running the football it was Bill early O'Brien down. Ask how many yeah. times you just ran and you were adamant to run the football on first and second down. All right, car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Get those nominations in. What are you nominating for our car wreck of the day? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hope you didn't get into a wreck today, but chances are a little higher whenever there's rain on the highway, so you might have. Hope not, but you might have. What do you have to do when you get into that car accident? You already know if you listen to the Killer Bees. You need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. And do not fear. You don't have to worry about retainers. You don't have to worry about billable hours. The only time that you pay is when you win. And you guys know how it is. When you're in a situation where you get in a car wreck, if you've ever been in one, you immediately feel like it's you against the world. You feel alienated, alone, and you need someone in your corner, someone on your side, someone that's willing to fight for you, someone that's willing to get what you rightfully deserve. And that's where the Hollingsworth Law Firm comes in because they specialize in auto accidents. They specialize in backing their customers and getting them the results that everybody wants, which is the win to get everything back the way it was. Get your vehicle back the way it was. Get you back the way it was. Get compensated fairly for everything that you had to suffer through while you endured the accident. That's why the Hollingsworth Law Firm is the only place I tell you to turn to and we talk about when it comes to car wrecks. Yeah, you don't have to pay until you win. It's great. Don't let these insurance companies run all over you because they'll try to, but they won't try to run over Hollingsworth Law Firm because they know that they can't compete. Call right now for your free consultation. 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. 
or you can just head online and visit CarWreckTexas.com. That's CarWreckTexas.com. You all right? My leg is broken. The oh, ball's coming through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! you brick. Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right. What are our Car Wrecks of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com? Get those nominations in. I look like David Cully with my headset like this. Um, 8755, Amy Adams. Them Oilers jerseys are so sexy. I wish Houston had the rights to bring back them colors. Brought a tear to my eyes yesterday. I hate to admit how good they looked. They really do. And then to see the big logo on the field, too. Oh, oh. Insult to injury with that one. I, I want to move on. I don't want to worry about it. Texans, new identity, their own identity. I get all of that stuff. But, man, that looked good. That looked real good in Nashville. No doubt about it. That is a signature football uniform mm-hmm. that belongs to mm-hmm. this city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks so good. Yep. A hands cut. Bring it back full time. I know it would really piss everyone off here, but. Man, I don't want that at all. That would yeah, make me mad. Tennessee known for I oil. Know, yeah. But- I mean, it's like Utah being known for jazz or L.A. known for lakes. True. <laughs> both both can be true. You know what I always found funny, though, was that it kind of worked out for the Houston Rockets because they were the Rockets yeah, in San Diego. Were. That's right. Like, you would think that they would name the Houston Rockets because of space in this city, but they were the Rockets yeah. in San Diego before they moved. That was one that turned out OK. Uh, hands, he, he says Houston as the car wreck of the day. It dips below 60 in Houston and everybody's wearing full winter gear. I don't know about yeah. full winter gear. It feels we're awesome. All we're all, we're all I heard, yeah, She's but not would, wrong. But you're supposed to wear hoodies when it's below 50. It was like in the 40s, too, whenever yeah, I left the house. it was high 40s when I left the house. You're supposed yeah. to wear a hoodie. You, you don't, don't love it for season, tomorrow. Though. You don't, you don't these... wear a puffy jacket. What'd you say? I don't love it for tomorrow for trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a problem. Um, You know, all these oil and gas guys, though, this is when they bust, they bust out their vest. It's vest season for it's oil and it's gas. Nick season. season. It is. Yeah. Those oil and gas guys bust out their vest anytime it dips below 70. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. few other uh, nominations for the, uh, the car wreck of the day. I want to nominate Bobby Slowick's play calling. Mm-hmm. That was awful. Yes, Not very was. good. was good. 3209, car wreck of the day, Houston sports. They can't win a game except for the Dynamo. I heard several people this weekend talking about what a disaster it was as a Houston sports fan to have the Rockets lose and the yeah. Cougs lose and the, the the Texans lose, and it was a tough weekend. Houston basketball won their exhibition. Yes, they did. UNC Pembroke. Just wanted to point that out. Wouldn't have any nominations from you guys. San Francisco 49ers got to get one. They were supposed to. They're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. They've lost three in a row. They haven't looked really Ooh. good doing it. I know that they lost to a better team while losing to the Bengals, but you're not supposed to lose three in a row when you're supposed to be one of the best two teams in a conference. Brock Purdy might not be it. Nope. He might not be it. It took a little while to figure it out, but there might be a cheat code now, and maybe he's not as good as you thought he was. Joshua Dobbs, bench because maybe he gets traded before tomorrow's deadline. Josh Dobbs or Brock Purdy? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's going to be Sam Darnold. It's not. It's not. Yeah. He might be more talented. But you know what? It's not far-fetched to think that the Niners could still go out of pocket, out of house to get another quarterback. Yeah, I just don't know who's on the market that they would want. Well, you just mentioned one. Who? Dobbs would be a good I mean, fit for them. I don't know if Dobbs. Shanahan would like to have the running deep. ability, like they thought they were going to get in Trey Lance. Is Dobbs a runner? Yeah, I think he definitely. <laughs> That's why they had him in Baltimore because he could do at least he could run a little bit, like like Lamar. When was he in Baltimore? Then that's where they got him from. He was from Cleveland. 
or Cleveland. That's what I meant. Sorry, Deshaun. My bad. Wheat straw. It's on the. Uh, it's in the forties, and some people work outside. Pair with the wind. Yeah, take that, hands. Wheat straw knows what's up. Uh, I want. I want to nominate Shin. Shin. It's the acronym for Space City Home Network. I'm oh. watching the game, and they have the the logo. It's Shin. So whenever we talk about watching the Astros, watching the Rockets, we're watching the Shin. Shin. The Rockets like, are 0-3 on the Shin. I don't like it. But, well, I'm not calling it Space City Home Network. I'm sorry. It's a mouthful. You it's have, the Shin. When you create the logo and the look and, and the mic flags and everything, you have to think about people are going to abbreviate the name. All right, who's Shin. The, who's the first person to try to say that? Me. And put <laughs> and a T, did it. And put a right. T on there. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm gonna be. It's definitely gonna be me. Is there any other yeah. doubt? No. No. I'm gonna screw it up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be talking about the shin and talk about the product on the floor, and I'm going to mess up. Uh, I'm just gonna nominate in general NFL referees. Oh boy, they can't get it right. They're so bad. And you know, it's bad in college. The MLB, even in the World Series, not many people are watching apparently. But like, it's how has refereeing gotten yeah. so much worse in sports? It's, see, I'm gonna push back on this. You think it's gotten better? Go watch ten college football games. And tell me that NFL officiating sucks. No, no, definitely it's way worse. That's than what I'm saying. Like we're okay. Well, who's what's the replacement? No, there is none. That's what I'm saying. But like, it just feels like it never gets any better. It only ever and gets worse. I don't think it ever will. That's probably true. I think this is yeah, our and there's line. no there's no automated strike zone coming to save the day. Yeah, this is something that you're gonna have to deal with for the rest of your enjoyment of football. Uh, my other nomination, I don't know really who to nominate besides maybe it's the fields in the NFL. Yeah. But these Achilles injuries are mounting. The Jets had a third player this weekend tear their Achilles. Cousins, obviously, as well. Like, it's just, it feels like it's the problem in the NFL that, like, there's not really a solution to right now. They probably need grass. But, like, but, they but need that, to address but Cousins it. Cousins was on natural grass. You know what the real issue is? It was at Lambo. No, they're just all too athletic. Like, if we really care about Achilles injuries, we need to start fielding some like 40 year old overweight men if you don't have muscles you can't you can't tear a muscle that's the issue is these players are too athletic you want to get rid of torn achilles stop employing athletic people anybody look at kirk cousins and think too athletic yeah he's jacked did you not watch quarterback on netflix I don't, no. he's jacked he's yoked oh come on i'm dead serious i am dead serious kirk cousins yes Joe, did you watch quarterback? No. Somebody text in right now and tell Joel how jacked Kirk is. He's jacked, man. Huh. You, you don't remember him on the plane with the jewelry? Yeah, I do remember that He's picture. He's yoked. Okay. Kirk Cousins, he, he cares a lot about his body. He has two 60-year-old white people that massage now that he him. can't walk for a while. All right, while. what are we going to vote here? I think Slowick. Not Shin? No, because we like TK. We'll, we'll eventually get Shin. I, I think it's Slowick. We like Blummer, too. He's, he's calling games like C.J. Stroud's Brock Purdy. We like Craig Ackerman. Uh, I think it's Slowick. All right, Slowick's unanimous. He's our car wreck of the day. Bobby Slowick, car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You're in a wreck. 713-999-8773, CarWreckTexas.com. Get your free consultation now, and don't pay a dime until you win. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. Jose Jorge, he's blank. I'm Branham. Joe, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you Thursday. Joe, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Patrick Creighton next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.